The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Welcome into the game. If you're looking for K State baseball, sorry, dog, you're in the wrong place. Uh, jokes aside, it's online. K-State, Nebraska, just now getting underway at Toyton Family Stadium, but go to newsradiocayman.com. It's kind of weird, right? I'm actually at the stadium. We have pre-recorded this hour. We're only on until 5 o'clock because K-State basketball, the men, are the 8th seed in Kansas City, taking on the 9th seed West Virginia with tip-off a couple of minutes after 6 o'clock. Winner will play the Jayhawks tomorrow at 2. That's a nice consolation prize, I guess, or a trophy. Gives a new meaning to winner, winner chicken dinner. Oh, yeah, you're on fire. <laughs> yeah, a couple of good jokes off the air before we started. Right off the bat. Maybe the best mic check we've ever done ever, in this recording. Ever. Uh, Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, and uh, David G is with us as well. So for today's show, on for just the hour, we'll have our staples, number one song of the day, and ask us anything. Coming up here in just a few minutes as well, we will have Mitch Palm going to break down this matchup between the Cats and Mountaineers for the third time this season. But to kick things off, Skylar Thompson is back in town. Earlier this morning, we had the K-State Pro Day. I was there. Uh, you know what? I'll be honest with you, a little boring. Uh, it, really? it does drag on because you're looking at dudes just running, you know? Uh, it, it's it's the localized version of the Underwear Olympics. <laughs> I mean, really, it's yeah. it's the combine. Yeah. Skylar Thompson, though, was on the money. He was throwing really well. He threw some great balls today. There were 18 NFL scouts on hand. Mm. Unfortunately, my Dallas Cowboys were not... Dang. in attendance to watch these dudes play. I'll be honest with you, though. Like There wasn't a guy I didn't think that looked too bad. Uh, all the seniors. Dalton Schoen was back, though. He's been on training camps twice now, and now he's trying to get back to an, a training camp for the third preseason. Uh, he's with the Chiefs last year. He oh, was cut awesome. right before, but ended up on the uh, the practice squad. So they let him come out for... That's cool. That's really that's really cool. Did get to talk to Dalton Schoen afterwards about just his journey so far with the NFL and training camps and and practice squads does we don't have enough time to play it today but i want to get to it at some point this week it was really good stuff but i do want to get to the skylar thompson audio because of course he did go to indianapolis compete in the combine maybe not compete but did uh, Participate. participate in the combine and uh he's gone through a lot in the last few days not only with the combine but the pro day earlier today had a lot of things to say about his experience. Here's that interview from earlier this morning with K-State quarterback Skylar Thompson. What was the day like for you, Skylar? Man, it was good. Um, <clears throat> you know, coming into it knowing I wasn't going to do any testing today, that I was just going to solely just throw today, it kind of just allowed me to relax a little bit, made the day a little long, sitting there waiting to, to go. But um, I felt like I showcased what I needed to do today. Um, the ball felt really good coming off my hands. Um, you know, I think through in, three incompletions out of 53 throws, 50-53, and that's that was my goal, you know, um, and not just throw completions, but put it where it needs to be, hit the guy in stride, good timing, anticipation, all that. So I feel like I showcased, showcased those things today, um, had confidence, and, you know, I feel good about it. How long did it take to prepare that kind of script for today? Yeah, well, this is this is really tricky for me, um, unlike a lot of other quarterbacks in this class to have later pro days. Um I was scripting my pro day three weeks before the combine, kind of doing my pro day and combine all together. Um, rather than a lot of guys just prepare for the combine, then these next two weeks will put their pro day together. Um, 
So we've been working on it for a while, um, just trying to, with Coach Hoover going through the things that I really wanted to showcase, things that may have not been on tape as much, um, and to showcase what I can do, getting out of the pocket, making throws on the run, deep throws, just challenging you know, throws that, that I could make and just trying to display that today. So was that you didn't test? Was that because you you already gone through the yeah. stuff at the combine? Yeah, all my numbers so. recorded at the combine were 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 good, um, and you know that's had to just put numbers out there, and um, you know so I didn't feel the need to to do those again today. What was it like reconnecting with Dalton out there today? It was awesome. It felt like good old scout team days. <laughs> um, you know, in, in all honesty, like it was it was awesome being able to. To get him back here, being able to throw to Malik, throw to Phil, um, just guys that I'm comfortable with and have a lot of reps with, you know. Um, obviously, coming, you know, Sean was in KC. We were able to throw a couple times, but, you know, even Malik and Phil, I mean, we were having walkthroughs last night and walking through the script for the first time. Um, but just having so many reps banked with those guys, um, just had a lot of confidence in, in them. And, you know, it's a good opportunity for Malik and Phil, too, to, to get out and get in front of some people. So, um I was I was excited and, and happy to to have those guys with me for sure. Is it a lot more comfortable in this environment than you know at the combine where you're throwing to people you maybe never met before? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it definitely makes a difference. I mean, it's all about timing and anticipation. It just helps everything connect on all levels. But um, you know, definitely, I'm I'm in I'm in my my space. You know, around my people, um, it's definitely a little bit more comfortable. Um, but in all honesty, I mean, even at the combine, I mean, once when I got throwing, it just felt like another day throwing the ball wraps on air. I mean, there's so much going through my head that I'm thinking about um, and thinking ahead for that don't really have time to realize what is actually going on. And I mean, even that, I mean, it went by so quick. So uh, just try to enjoy it and have fun while I'm out there. So. How did you feel the combine went? Was it a good experience? Yeah, it was, it was a great experience. Um, you know, being able to represent myself, being able to represent K State, it, it's good for good on, on all on all levels um, for our program and for myself. And it was definitely an intense week. I mean, four days straight of nonstop, just little sleep. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of interviews, a lot of a lot of pressure. You know, but I was very comfortable with it all. And you know, as I've stated um, with D Scott the other day, I mean. This university and this program prepared me uh, for that moment, and there wasn't a, a time where it felt like the moment was too big. You know, I was prepared for it, and um, just was true to myself through the whole process. That's that's the biggest thing. It's not trying to you know fake who I am or adjust my answer to to the scout to, or the coach for them to like me. Like, no, I'm going to be Skylar Thompson, and um, you know, all it takes is one team to to fall in love with me, and that's all I'm focused on. How healthy are you now? You look really good out there. Yeah, no, I feel good. I mean, you know, obviously throughout the season I was battling some things and even coming off my shoulder. I mean, I was thrown right into the fire and, you know, kind of having having some time to amp everything, you know, re, re-amp everything and get everything back under control uh, with, my, with my arm and getting stronger, getting my legs stronger. I mean, getting everything involved in my throws, you know. That was that was really important. So I, I feel really good. Ball felt good coming out of my hand. I feel stronger than I've ever felt in that aspect. How those conversations with NFL teams gone thus far? They've been really good. Um, you know, I'm I'm very confident with you know my preparation and the things that I've learned here with you know from Coach Kleiman, from Coach Klein, and every aspect. Our our system um, aligns. Um, very well with pro style systems and their language and style that they that they do things to where there wasn't really anything that was thrown at me that I wasn't 
prepared for or I haven't seen before, which was was awesome. And um, you know, every every coach, every scout team approaches things differently. Um, they have different techniques and and you know things that they ask me and want me to want me to do. Um, but you know, every opportunity that I get, I just try to showcase what I'm capable of, show them who the person I am, the, the leader that I am, um, and just, you know, be true to myself in those conversations. What was the weirdest question you got? Uh, do I like cats or dogs? Because <laughs> <laughs> so I guess cats are selfish. So I said dogs. But, yeah, I've never been a, I've had one cat in my life, and that's probably the only cat I'll ever have. So, yeah, that was... You they realize had the, you just pissed off all cat owners. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have no no hatred for them. Just, yes, cats are selfish. So, <laughs> not wild cats, but different cats. So, so what, what are kind of your your expectations now heading into the draft? Do you think you've done enough to be selected here? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I have, I have no expectations of... Being drafted here, being drafted there. Obviously, my goal is to be drafted. It's everybody's goal. Um, I'm more important. I, I'm more focused on just being in the right fit. It being a great fit for me, um, and somebody giving me an opportunity to step my foot in the door and showcase what I could do. That that's all I can ask for. Um, and I've definitely done enough to to get that opportunity. Thought what that looks like. I have no no idea. That's out of my hands. That's that's the the good Lord's. Um, decision to make and I have all the faith in the world that he's going to place me in the right spot and whenever that time comes I'm going to be ready for it and and do my best. You've known Dalton quite a while. What can you say about his perseverance to just continue this NFL thing? I mean it it is it's not a surprise to me I mean or any of us that that know Dalton Um, I mean the fact that you know he's bounced around from a couple teams um, and still still scratching and clawing for an opportunity and I feel like he's he does everything. He's, he's a guy that you want in your program. I mean, he's going to make everyone better. He's going to do all the right things, um, and I mean, showcase what he can do to them. I and that guy can run. He's in great shape, um, and that's very challenging to do when you're not on the team and you're on your own. So it just says a lot about Dalton for sure. Do you feel like you maybe helped him a little bit too, in addition to? to well, that, that's what you? that's what I, I mean. It's it's about it's about all of us, you know. Um, I'm helping him. He's helping me. Um, and like what we were saying, it was just like obviously we want him to be on a team, but for him to have this opportunity to come back and for us to do this together is very fitting. And um, you know, it was it was awesome to throw it to him one more time, and it's in a setting like this. What's the emotions pre combine, pre pro day, and then afterwards? Is it pressure off your mind? Like it's a relief you got it done. You've yeah. shown what you can do. Yeah. Well, th- there's a bunch of phases of of emotions in all honesty and the preparation aspect of just doing everything I can to prepare myself um, and that was the tricky part is you have no idea you want an interview you know it's going to be about football or something personal but I mean a team can do anything I mean I had teams pull out my film um, I had teams draw up you know teach me their plays talk to me for 20 minutes and ask me to redraw their plates again I had teams draw ask me to draw my favorite third down play I mean a whole like there's just a wide variety of things that can be asked so the preparation aspect was probably the most stressful of just you know trying to prepare myself in every which way possible um and then going into it just the anticipation part you know like it wasn't a nervous of not being prepared it was just like i'm ready to go do this um and then once when i was in the fire and it was going I'm telling you, we were so busy out there. I got three hours of sleep a night. I mean, I had no time to really even think about what was going on or anything. Like, it was just like, I get to do what I love. I get to talk football with some of the, the best 
football people in the entire world. And, you know, just uh, just to walk around and, you know, see Bill Belichick and, like, you know, like I'm in the same room with these guys, like, it's a dream come true, you know. And I just try to soak it in and, and like I said, be, be true to myself and, show, you know, show people who I am as a person and a player. Do you have any interaction with people like that? Maybe just somebody that just came up and said, hey, good job, kid, or anything like that? Um, yeah, I mean, there's been quite a few um, scouts and, and coaches at the Combine um, that I worked with that that did compliment some things. Um, I had two formal meetings with with teams, and those take place with, I mean, the GM, head scout, head coach. I mean, literally, you name everybody in that organization is in a room, and it's just you. Um, and... Um, you know, that was, that was really, really cool. Um, and just, to to be in there and be in, have that opportunity. I mean, it's every kid's dream to, to, to do that. And I'm just very grateful for the opportunity to, to do that, especially, you know, it's great for K-State, you know, and this place has made me who I am today and just be able to represent and give back to this place through, you know, my performance and stuff and situations like that is, is, is awesome. And those two teams were? Um, Texans and Lions. So, um, yeah, so. Have you talked to, how many teams overall have you talked to so far? Um, I mean, I had those two formal interviews and then um, probably met with about 15 quarterback coaches there. Um, and that was, could obviously, could tell there were some, some teams that were more interested than others, but, you know, just being able to uh, talk football with those guys and hear their coaching philosophy and their coaching style and kind of how it matches with with my playing style you know all those types of things um was great and just to learn their schemes learn the way that they teach things in a short amount of time i mean it, it's awesome and it, i was grateful for it you probably don't want to say specifically but were there some were there some that you felt more comfortable with as far as their uh, that maybe you you might be looking to yeah, to the future. Um, you know, I'm not going to name anybody, um, but there, I would say there's about five or seven teams um, that are really interested. Honestly, you guys know about just as much as I do. I have no idea what's <laughs> taking place behind closed doors or anything like that. And like I said, I don't, I don't have any expectations other than to just to be my best in, in every opportunity, every situation that I get, and everything else. Take care of yourself. Well, there you have it. Former K-State quarterback Skylar Thompson with the media earlier today discussing what it's been like going through the combine, going through pro day, and getting ready for the NFL draft coming up next month. Right now, not quite sure if he's going to be drafted, free agent, but uh, he and I would also say uh, Josh Rivas, who also looked really good during pro day today. He got some quick feet. Plays a little heavy-footed sometimes, but he, he can be agile. Um, and I will say, I forgot to mention this before the interview, but I'll tell you what, who actually looked really good Eric Munoz, and he barely played last year, this last season, at linebacker, the transfer from Utah State. Like, he got up there to go get a football earlier today, and he has, like, surprising speed. He's like 4.546 on that 40. I was like, that was actually really surprising because we barely even got to see him. Like, (laughs) there's not really any film on him. So, uh, good for him to really excel in that one opportunity he's probably going to get to show off to scouts. It's a big opportunity for a guy like that who especially has had opportunity now to get healthy because I I think that a large part of it was that he was not 100% all season, and this gave him the chance to to get well. We also learned Reggie Stubblefield had been playing late in the season with a partially torn meniscus. Holy smokes. And so he played the rest of the year and then got surgery afterwards. He, He said he recovered in about four weeks. 
and uh, got and he got prepared for today. And wow, I, I'm impressed. That. And he he showed like effort. Like he made a ton of noise when he was running. Like he put everything he had into the forty or the three cone drill, the twenty yard shuttle, or uh, catching balls, whatever. Uh, I, again, I was pretty impressed with what I saw earlier today from uh, the Cats trying to land somewhere on an NFL roster, at least get to a training camp. Right on. All right, when we come back, Mitch Palm, Cats taking on the Mountaineers later on tonight. We'll break down the game next. You've heard of Ken Palm. Well, f- that guy. Here's Mitch Palm with tonight's prediction. Mitch Palm here on the game. Cats. Mountaineers, Kansas City, Missouri, on the Missouri side of the border. Missouri. At the T-Mobile Center, formerly known as the Sprint Center. I was there just a few weeks ago for Elton John, and now there's some basketball taking place. First game of the Big 12 tournament, and it's the 8-9 matchup. No 10 seed because Oklahoma State not eligible for the tournament. It is Bruce Weber versus Bob Huggins. All right, so first for Mitch Palm, just a little breakdown of what these two teams have done lately. K-State 14 and 16 is how they end the regular season with the 6 and 12 record in Big 12 play. And they've lost five in a row entering tonight after winning four of five. And they're losing those five games by an average of seven points a game. Meanwhile, West Virginia is 15 and 16, but they finished two games worse than Cats in the Big 12. They did finish dead last in the Big 12 standings and into the regular season, beating TCU by six points, 70 to 64. That ended the Mountaineers' seven game losing streak. During that streak, they are losing games by an average of 11 points a game, and the Mountaineers have won just three games in their last 17 wow. contests. So, not a lot of winning right now for Bob Huggins over there in uh, Morgantown. You Winner think, of this game. Go ahead. You think he wishes he had Oscar Sheboy back? Yeah, big time. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah, a, a little bit of a difference. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of a difference. Just a tad, yeah. Oh, God. One of the best players in the country. So, winner of this game, tournament style, of course, will go on to play at 2 o'clock tomorrow against the top seed, Kansas Jayhawks, which, honestly, in my opinion, you take that game over Baylor. It, it'd be, you know, Baylor or or Kansas, and KU is the better matchup for the Cats, even though it really isn't a great matchup for the Cats in this conference with playing the small ball. But that game is at 2 o'clock, which is a rough start time anyway. But overall series, West Virginia has a five-game lead, 14-9. This will be the second meeting between the two in the Big 12 tournament. The first one was in 2017, and the Mountaineers won 51-50. However, however, big part of Mitch Palm here, and that is Bruce Weber's success when playing its first game of the Big 12 tournament. Doesn't matter if it's like, you know, the bottom four seats first round or then you get to the final eight that round, the quarterfinals. The first game K-State plays in the Big 12 tournament has been successful for Bruce Weber. The Cats have won the last six. The last wow. six. And by the way, the last four all against TCU. <laughs> I kind of oh, own the Horned Frogs in yeah, Kansas City. Yeah, Let's keep that in mind. Uh, but uh, Bruce Weber in the first game for the Cats in the Big 12 tournament, 7-2. and two. Uh, the One of the losses, of course, West Virginia. The other one, TCU. Huggins in that era is 4-4. Four and four. All right, so the first meeting went to the Mountaineers in Morgantown. Bruce Weber out with COVID. Also missing six players. And that was the game K-State led by 17 points. And they blew the lead in the second half and lost by three, 71-68, despite Nigel Pack going for 20 points and six threes. The second meeting goes to the Cats, 
but it was flip-flop. It was K-State down double digits. They're down 10 in the second half. They stormed back to win by 5, 78-73. But what was significant about that game is the Wildcats took advantage of how the game was being officiated. Tight. A lot of whistles. A lot of fouls. What did K-State do? They just started driving. Driving, drawing fouls, going to the free throw line where K-State finished 31 of 39. Mm. So, a little about a little bit about West Virginia here. What they've been best at is forcing turnovers this year. They've been tough to deal with at times defensively. They're the 33rd best team in the country at forcing turnovers. They uh, force about 16 turnovers a game. That's a high number. K-State isn't exactly known for turning over the ball this year. As a matter of fact, in both games, K-State has added up to 21 turnovers. So 11 in one game, 10 in the other. You know, not terrible. And West Virginia has scored 20 points off those turnovers. Now, here's what's exciting about this one. Um, both of these teams are the two worst shooting teams in the Big 12. Brickaroni. Uh, 32, make that 42% for the Cats, 41.3% for the Mountaineers. Oh. Now, the Mountaineers, they do have the worst scoring margin in the Big 12. <laughs> and like uh, O'Troy over here yesterday quoting Animal House, I'm also going to quote Animal House with the scoring margin of 0. Point zero. That is no way to go through life, son. No, they, it is not. They score and they allow an average of 68.5 points a game. There are three players, though, and I got to tell you, there are three players that do worry me about West Virginia. According to Mitch Palm, Taz Sherman, of course, he's the second best scorer in the Big 12, second team all-conference, 18.3 points a game, and he had a really good game in Manhattan, 23 points. Sean McNeil, who averages 12 points a game, he's Big 12 honorable mention. He went off in game number one against the Cats, scoring 26 points, but K-State did a much better job in the second game, and that was allowing just five points. Now, the interesting thing is, and this worries me, and that's the return of Gabe Osaboyan. He did not play in the second game against K-State because the game before, he was tossed. Ah. Two technicals. He got into it on the sideline mm-hmm. with Coach Huggins at Oklahoma State, so he did not play the next game, which was against the Cats. But he's their best rebounder, and he had 12 rebounds in game number one Oof. in Morgantown. That does worry Mitch Palm. But here is, in Mitch Palm's opinion, the make or break. Does Marquise Noel play tonight? Oh, boy. Because Marquise Noel, Cats are 0-4 when he does not play. He has been one of the biggest impacts this year. He leads the team in assists. He's the best passer on the team. There's no doubt about it. He's in the nation, one of the best stealers in a game, per game, and uh, second on score in scoring on the team. 12.6 points per game. He has three double-doubles this year. Three 20-point games. And currently ranked 16th in the nation, first in the Big 12, like I mentioned earlier, two and a half steals a game. I will mention, though, video got out there. He did practice yesterday. Yes. That's pretty big. He did practice. He was getting some shots up. Uh, That's big news. If he's out there, great chance, in Mitch Palm's opinion, of the Cats winning. Ken Palm has a 53% chance of the Cats taking it down 70-69. to Meanwhile, Mitch Palm... 59% 59% Cats win in Kansas City, 75-72. to 72. Do we get an agree from both of you? Do we think we're the Cats are winning? I personally do with Mitch Palm as well. I, I do. I think that, that there is enough there, at least in pride, that the Cats want to 
scratch this one out and they recognize it's against a, a foe that they've gone essentially halvesies with on the season and have an opportunity to at least give themselves a positive ahead of that quick turnaround tomorrow. Isn't that poetic for the whole like Bruce Weber era that we would get the win and then it would be KU like next? I, I it just like it just sounds like a typical season. So yeah, they're gonna beat them. And then two thirty Tuesday. Yikes. Two o'clock. Two o'clock. Two o'clock. Well actually you you're actually you may not actually be off because if the first game goes a little bit long, sure, then the start sure, time, sure. You, you actually might be onto something there. We will ca- we will uh, compromise with a two fifteen two fifteen tip yeah. off, and yeah, you know I agree. Mitch Palm's right on the money. I want to see how close we are score wise. Mitch Palm seventy five seventy two. Yes, yeah, it's gonna be close. Yeah, I like that. I like it. All right, timeout still to come. Ask us any moment before we get to that number one song of the day next. rocking the same way like you're in sync from 1975 fire by ohio players one week and number one this is what i'm talking about this is what i'm talking about baby this is good stuff if dg was around in the 70s you think it would be a disco fan i'd be this kind of fan i'd be this funk kind of fan funk yeah i love funk dude i'd be all over that I'd be. I could have Afro. I'd have the bell bottoms. You know the the like platform shoes. The cane, nice coat, big. I'd have a Lincoln that was two lanes wide. I'd have the big old boat land yacht Lincoln and just cruise all day. Yeah. Funk band from Dayton, Ohio. Known for their songs, of course, but maybe more known for their album covers. <laughs> Troy might recall because they're very erotic ah. album covers uh, that featured nude or nearly nude women. Whoa, boy! They were they were uh, mostly featuring Playboy playmates. Nice. Now that's a that's a way you sell an album, especially in the seventies. Yeah. If nobody knows you, they go, who's the Ohio players? And you go, the guys with the naked chicks on the front. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love those guys. Well, I don't care what era it is. It would sell <laughs> albums. Would it get I, I canceled? Guess, yeah. That might determine the era. I'm, I'm saying given the Playboy tie, that that would be the 70s right there. Sure, sure, sure. Like, I could see that happening in the 70s, 80s, 90s. Not before, not after. <laughs> Maybe early 2000s a yeah, little bit. yeah. yeah. Uh, where are we at here? So for the Ohio players, 16 studio albums. They had eight top 40 hits. This is their first of two number ones. Their other number one was uh, Love Roller Coaster. Oh, yeah. Roller Coaster. You know what I mean. Yeah. Actually, I like the uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers version better. They do a great one. They really yeah. do. That's one of the best uh, songs on One Hot Minute, too. So. I heard the sirens, though, and I, I immediately thought, wait, we're playing N.W.A.? <laughs> Was that number one? <laughs> this is from their sixth studio album called Fire. 
No, and, really. And uh, lead Ohio player man, Leroy Sugarfoot Bonner. Nice. Uh, he says he wrote the lyrics, and it's just about, you know, getting hot for a smoking hot woman. Nice. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Yeah. Uh, while performing it in California, they had a friend stop by because they wanted his uh, they wanted his two cents. Is this going to be a record-smashing hit? Well, that friend was Stevie Wonder. Oh. And he said, yeah, brother, <laughs> this is going to make you some cash. That is a nice person to bounce some ideas off of, uh, Stevie Wonder. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Now, with their uh, second million-selling album and number one hit to their credit, so the Ohio players were on fire at that point. So much so that their fans maybe took this song a little too literally. And started fires? Because when the when the Ohio players were on tour, when they would stop in a city, their fans would find out what hotel they were staying in oh. and set the room on fire. <laughs> Usually the bed. Yeah, oh my god. Wow. Dude, you couldn't... And crank up little fire action. Wow. Hey, you couldn't start the desk on fire. You gotta start my bed. Right. I'm trying to sleep, man. Oh, God. The composer of this song also composed uh, Play That Fucking Music by Wild Mm -hmm. Cherry. Um, And what I actually really remember this song from, when I used to watch the show, it used to be the theme song for the Fox reality series, Hell's Kitchen, until season 18. And I can't believe that show's been on that long. (laughs) 18 seasons. I think it's Survivor. I was like, this could be 42 seasons out. (laughs) The 42nd season getting ready to start. Lord. That's a heck of a theme song, though. That's cool, man. That's cool. I'm going to watch it. All right. That's your number one song of the day, Fire by Ohio Players. Coming up next is is DG's Ask Us Anything. Sugarfoot DG. Sugarfoot DG. (laughs) Up next on The Game. One, three, five, zero, K-M-A-N. That's what you're listening to. Now you're listening to the Ask the, we, Anything. And a, and a reminder that if you want to listen to K-State Baseball, that is online only at NewsRadioKman.com. Ah. Uh, currently from Toynton Family Stadium against Nebraska. Nice. Let's, I hope they just kicked the... Hey, guys, uh, for today's Ask Us Anything, first one, uh, yesterday... I was inspired by uh, Troy saying that Percy Faith was an earworm. So, what's an earworm for you, Mitch? Uh, and do you have another one, Troy, that you that you get in your head all the time? You know, one that came up actually that I heard this morning and has stuck with me all day again. Love and affection. Love and affection. Is that? Um, Can you give me some of that? Al Green? No, unfortunately, not the good version of that. <laughs> But rather the version by Nelson. Oh no! Love and I don't recall. Oh, the twins. Yes. Oh boy. Ricky Nelson's twins, Gunner and. Can you give me a line from the, the song? other like, one? What's the chorus. Your love and affection on my own. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. We're gonna I guess you. I'm just drawing a blank. You're gonna yeah. I, I, I unfortunately had that turn up this morning oh. on on my. Uh, mm, a uh, certain music app thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I get yeah, yeah. songs stuck in my head all the time, and they say people say like it's only songs you don't like. That's not true. No. The the song I've recently gotten stuck in my head is kind of bounce back to what we talked about yesterday with Tina Turner and those uh, commercials that come up all the time. 
Um, it's um, the best. You're simply the best. Oh, oh, yeah. And I sing that to my girlfriend all the time. Oh, that's nice. Better than all the rest. You know? yeah. <laughs> I'm a jingle guy, too. Like the Wendy's uh, major oh. bag alert. Oh, bag. Yeah. I get that in my head, and yeah. I can't stop. See, see, I was waiting for Baby Shark to be the ah, one that's working not on yet. She doesn't know anything yet. <laughs> so she doesn't know about that stuff, and we're just going to keep on cruising by that one. Uh, also, why you named what you named? Why are you named Troy? I have no idea. They just like we have never had that conversation per se. Um, there is no one else in the family that carries that name. The closest that we can do, at least in the immediate in in my family, is that my brother's middle name was my grandfather, maternal grandfather's middle name, and my brother's son's middle name, Luke. In case he's listening, his middle name is. Nicholas as well. Wow. Troy is one of those names that is just kind of, I mean, maybe not died off. People just don't name their kids Troy anymore. No. It's just one of those names. It's not alone either. There's many names out no, there. And, and, and Scott. I'm, nobody, nobody's name Scott anymore. I laughed about basically half my high school graduating class had the middle name of Lynn, including yeah, me. So, oh, like so there was, yeah, there was no originality there. Do you remember, did you guys meet the, uh, one of the um, kids today, the shadow kids? Yes. Uh, Eddie. There's no more Eddies either. I never, Eddie, I never yeah. hear Eddie anymore. I go, what did you say your name was? Eddie. My, my dad's story is the, is the one that gets everybody's attention. His name is actually Ad E, middle name E, because he was named for his aunt, Addie. Wow. That's trash. <laughs> Ad E. Oh my God. That, I like it. I'm going to turn 74 year old guy on, on you. <laughs> It's not his fault. You don't want this. You I mean, that's, that that's small town Kansas for you. That's on par to me. Mitch, you know why I you're Mitch? No, I don't. Like, my real name's Mitchell. Uh-huh. Um, hey You want to get that, Troy? Uh, don't want to interrupt your day. Um, but I have no idea. I've, I don't think I've ever asked my parents. I know my sister. Her name is Shelby. Um, and she is named after the Julia Roberts character in Steel Magnolias. Ah. I don't think I have a cool story like that. I've, I'll have my parents next time I see them. I'm not sure. Very But nice. what about you? I, it's like my grandma says it's biblical. My mom's just like, I like the name. So nothing cool. David. Yeah. David. Nothing cool behind that one. Uh, I'll tell you what, for Ask a K-Rocker, I got some pretty interesting <laughs> <laughs> Pretty interesting answers. And a, a lot of people sharing some stuff they probably shouldn't have. But anyway, love you, K-Rock. I think we have time for one more. Sweet. Um, The last thing you Googled will kill you. Well, I uh, did Google something at Pro Day today because one of the balls that went incomplete rolled right over to me. and It was an NFL football, so I picked it up. And I kind of looked at it for a second, but I then tossed it to one of the managers. And it actually felt like a smaller football. So I, I compared to a college ball, so I, I Googled, like, what's the difference in size? It's very slim, but the mm-hmm. NFL football is a little bit bigger than the pro ball. But it's very, very slim differences. Wow. So an NFL football would kill me. Wow, dude. That might, I mean, a chance. Troy? Uh, Houston Baptist Football Stadium and Walgreens. <laughs> Twitter conversation I was involved with, and it's a stadium that I've visited, and we were in the argument whether or not it's a Walgreens that sits right next to the visitor's stands or a CVS. 
What was it? It's a CVS. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, that's going to kill you. Aren't they really bad? <laughs> Isn't the Houston Baptist like, terrible? They're not terrible, uh, but they're they're bad. And there's some discussion that that's why a number of the teams that were in that conference started to make a move towards the Western Athletic wow. Conference. That that was the team joining that kind of tipped Oh, boy. Sam Houston State and others. DG. Uh, Tina Turner. So, <laughs> Tina Turner's going to get me uh, those uh, thighs. Yeah. They're going to squeeze my head. That's going to do it for the game. I can't tell you when we're going to be on air tomorrow. We will be at some point. Depends yeah. on if K-State gets it done. As a matter of fact, they might play two games before we're back on air wow. tomorrow. But until then, for Sage, DG, Troy, Mitch, we're out. Thanks for listening to the game on K-Man.